This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Hey, welcome into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker. Good Saturday morning to you. Boy, happy new year. The first week of 2022 officially done and over. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. You had two weeks of relaxing, hopefully. Two weeks of not having to work a full week. Two weeks of being able to enjoy enjoy just a little bit. And then you had to go back into the full swing of things starting this week. It's a tough one. I feel bad for you. Not really, because I had to do the same thing. So, hey, welcome into the show. Let's kick off a weekend, get you up and going, ready to go for a brand new week. Welcome in here. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK if you want to join into the program. And can I just say, we are having some awesome weather this morning here in the Wichita area. It was cold this week, like the nine degree cold this week. And it was a little bit of a change from what we had seen, obviously, from the last few weeks. And now we're back up into the 40s and 50s and things are melting off. To me this morning, it feels like springtime. It's like, you know, a little wet and melting everything off. It's overcast, but yet it's nice and warm, at least warmer than what it has been. I can dig it. I We can stick like this for the rest of the wintertime. I am totally okay with that. And, uh, you know, our cold front has done. It's killed off all the bugs. Everything's great. And now we can just kind of sit back and enjoy the rest of the wintertime. That would be really nice. That would be really nice. So we'll see if how long this actually lasts. But, hey, welcome into the show. We have a lot to get to today. And it's great to have you along for the ride this morning. We have with some legislative update stuff. Uh, the state legislators heading off to Topeka, getting ready to get set here in the next week or so. Next week, we have Dan Hawkins, House Majority Leader. He'll be joining us in studio for an hour to talk about uh, legislative priorities this year, what they're going to be working on and what they're going to do. So we'll chat with Dan Hawkins next week on the show. But for this week, it's uh, up to you. I want to hear from you what your thoughts are for our legislative priorities. What do you want us to focus on? Is it taxes? Is it COVID? Is it the marijuana issue that uh, was kind of the focal point for our special session for about a good three days of hearings? Uh, There's a lot of things that could potentially happen in the state this year, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on what our legislative priorities need to be in the state of Kansas for 2022. Now that we're officially into it, and Happy New Year for you, hopefully you did have a great holiday over the last two weeks uh, here in Kansas and in Wichita. I want to hear what are your priorities for the state going into this year? What do you think Governor Kelly needs to do? What do you think our state legislature needs to do? And uh, are you ready? And I'm asking again, are you ready? It almost sounds like one of those like WWE uh, presidents. Are you ready for our midterm elections in the end of this year? Because these elections, as Donald Trump says, they're going to be huge. They're going to be bigly. It's going to be crazy to watch these elections this year. So uh, we'll get you set for that. And as we start getting on candidates throughout the year to talk about the upcoming election, it's going to be one massive election, not just in Kansas, all over the country, but on this show, obviously, we're going to be focusing for the state of Kansas, but all over the state of Kansas. We're going to be talking to candidates all over the place. So we'll have some fun today on the program. By the way, all the pre- uh, the show pro- uh, if I can start, let's start that over, shall we? The show, Candace Talk, presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Phil Martinez, we'll get him in studio. I believe next week we'll have him on the show to talk about the latest gold and silver markets. We always like to get him on every couple of weeks to talk about what's going on. But uh, presented by Phil's Coins, they start open up here in just about 20 minutes. You can check them out, 9344 West Central Avenue, for all your buying, selling, and trading, for all your gold and silver needs with honesty and integrity. It's Phil's Coins. 9344 West Central Avenue. Also check them out online at philscoins.com. Coming up, bottom of this hour, 
Bob Corkins. He is with Frontier Peace here in the state of Kansas, promoting peace and liberty. Sounds like a good little combo there. What are they doing? Is uh, They're going to be working with the legislature this year. So we'll talk with Bob Corkins on the program. Looking forward to that one. Also, in the next couple of weeks, not today, but in the next couple of weeks, on some priorities, we'll get the uh, Kansans for Health Freedom back on the program. We'll get some more legislators back on. I want to talk to not just legislators this year, but this year I really want to try to expand it to different organizations that are working with the legislature as quote-unquote special interests or individuals trying to work on stuff. So if you are part of one of those organizations, a nonprofit or just a special interest group or just an organization wanting to promote a certain specific topic in our legislative session, reach out to the program. Reach out to me, Andy at KQAMRadio.com, and you can reach out and talk to me. I want to get you on to talk this year. We have a lot of great... Uh, um, relationships with a lot of our legislators on the program uh, and we talk to them and we have our great routine where we talk to many of them on the show as the legislature uh, legislative session goes on throughout the year so we do that but I want to broaden it this year and talk to you as an organization who's working with them or has ideas on what wants to be done or needs to be done so then we can relay that back to the legislators this year so that's kind of a focus that we want to have as the session goes on for the next couple of months. Well, Bob Corkins, he's the first one to kick it off this year with Frontier Peace. We'll have him on at the bottom of this hour. We have some legislative updates here already in the state on what's going on. Governor Laura Kelly already putting on another declaration of emergency in the state because of COVID-19. Yeah. Is it necessary? Well, it didn't really affect us, you and I, a whole lot. What it did do is it kind of uh, loosened up some of the guidelines for the healthcare industry to allow individuals who are studying, to allow some of the students that are maybe studying to become uh, doctors or nurses or whatever to be able to practice a little bit more to help out the hospitals because they're being, quote unquote, overrun. Now, is it true? We've seen over the news the last week or so the headlines of so many more patients going into the hospitals for COVID-19. I don't know that it's necessarily the COVID patients that are overrunning the hospitals because that's kind of always the misrepresentation of what's going on. Yes, the hospitals are relatively full. Now, I ask you, and this is one where this obviously has caused some issues. There is one hospital in the city of Wichita that has let go of doctors and nurses that have not gotten the COVID-19 vaccine. There's another hospital that has not. Now, I don't remember which one is which. I believe it was Ascension Via Christi that ended up letting some individuals go because they didn't get the COVID-19 vaccine. So if you have letting, if you have let part of your staff go, you can't say that you've been overrun and overwhelmed with patients if you've let your staff go because they didn't go along with the political guidelines that you've chosen to follow. And most of them have gone to another hospital, I believe Wesley Medical, that has not mandated the vaccines, and a lot of those uh, practitioners have gone over there. Or maybe it was vice versa, but I believe Ascension via Christie, don't hold me to that one, is the one that actually mandated the COVID-19 vaccines for a lot of their staff and has let go a, a good portion of them. So they've had to go find uh, work elsewhere and be practitioners in other places. If any hospital, this is not just in the city of Wichita, this is anywhere in the state of Kansas, this is anywhere in the U.S., if you are a hospital that has let your staff go because they refused to get the COVID-19 vaccine, and then you complain that you are overwhelmed because of patients coming in with COVID or without COVID-related illnesses, just being overwhelmed, and you can't keep up with the volume of people, that's your own damn fault because you have let go of your staff. 
Now, if it's because you've been fully staffed and you're still overwhelmed, then that's another story. But you can't claim victim after you've let part of your staff go, whether it's 5, 10, 15 percent of your staff. You can't say, well, you know, hey, uh, now we're overwhelmed and we need some help because who created that scenario? Uh, I do have some numbers coming from our uh, staffing or at least uh, the fulfillment of beds from Ascension Via Christi Hospital and how much of that is actually COVID-19 related. In Ascension Via Christi Hospital, as of December 24th, just a couple weeks ago, right now, there are a total of 129 ICU beds in the hospital. And they were relatively full at 126 of them being occupied at 97.7%. How many of them are COVID doesn't specifically say. However, beds altogether overall, there are over 1,100 beds, 622 being full. They were sitting at 56% that are both inpatient beds and ICU beds. Uh, right around 56% occupied. Here's the kicker. Again, how many of those are COVID-19 patients? We don't necessarily know, but seven-day average of hospitalized COVID-19 patients. Again, seven-day average for a hospitalized COVID-19 patients for an average sitting at 82. 82. Now, again, 82 is the seven-day hospitalized patients of with COVID-19 that is out of 622 regular beds out of 1100 that are potential and 126 ICU beds now all 82 of these hospitalized COVID-19 patients are not in ICU beds so it does not take up 82 of the 126 that are filled that's inaccurate that is 82 altogether maybe a couple of them in ICU maybe a couple of them in regular hospital beds but 82 is the average that have been hospitalized at Ascension Via Christi Hospital as of December 24th when there are 622 beds being used and 126 ICU beds being used tell me how COVID-19 is what's actually causing the overrunning and the overwhelming of the hospitals it's not it's the hospitalization of other issues in the community and then there's a few COVID-19 patients and then they say well the hospitals are overwhelmed well Andy we could just avoid that if just everybody got vaccinated well that's not true either because obviously Omicron doesn't care about your vaccination status and uh, that's not stopping the virus in any way shape or form so it goes back to again as we talk about some of the OSHA issues which we'll get to a little bit later on in the program with the U.S. Supreme Court looking at the OSHA mandates for mandated vaccines which is going to fail miserably and it's going to be another big hit for the Biden administration Uh, the big question is why are we panicking about COVID when COVID's not the issue in the community causing everybody to be sick. Is it politicized? Are we just sick and tired of hearing about this? Is it just because that's what the concern is? I mean, obviously obviously it's flu season. I just got over last weekend for New Year's weekend. I was horribly sick. I take that back. I'm not horribly sick. It was a horrible congestion where it was annoying as crap. I was stuffy. I had a sinus headache. I, you know, had a sore throat, obviously, because, you know, just my luck being in radio, when I ever get sick in a cold or a flu in any way, shape or form, it settles right into my throat to where I get all raspy and I get a raw throat. That's, you know, just the luck of the draw. So I drank my teas. Guess what? For two days, I laid in bed. I drank antiviral teas. I took a lot of vitamins and I slept for about two days. And then guess what? I felt better. So either it was Omicron and that's the worst of it, in which case, Come on, like, why are we panicking over this crap? Or it was the common cold. They're trying to say now that there's the first time that the flu and the virus COVID-19 have merged as well for the flu Rona is what they're calling it now, which I'm surprised now in two years into this is the first time that we've ever heard of this because last year, if you remember, there were no cases of the flu in any way, shape or form. It was only COVID. 
So now we've ramped up that paranoia again. We've ramped up that hysteria again that the flu is pretty at bay. It's just COVID. Unless you get COVID and the flu at the same time, then, of course, you're going to get the double whammy. And Omicron's going to just kill everybody unless you get the vaccine. The paranoia, the hysteria is continuing on. And I'm thinking for a new year of 2022 that people are probably getting pretty old with this. They're probably getting pretty tired of this garbage. Is it true? Is this what you want focused on for 2022? Are you tired of it and you ready to move on with it and just live with it and not hear about these numbers anymore from the media or from talk show hosts like me making fun of the media for talking about the hysteria that's going on? Are you ready for something different? And are you ready for us to just live our lives regardless of how many COVID cases there are? Because honestly, I have to admit, I don't care about cases of COVID-19. I don't care. I care a little bit about hospitalizations, and I care about the death rate. But notice how the same media that's been creating this hysteria about the number of cases has not said a single word about death rates because death rates are not on the rise because people don't die from Omicron. There's been one confirmed case in the entire country of someone dying from Omicron down in Texas a couple weeks ago, and it was someone that had mass medical issues. With 95% of all cases in the country being Omicron now, not a single other person has died yet that we've been reported, or at least I've seen. Could be wrong on that. Correct me if I'm wrong at 316-721-8255. But why we're spending so much time and money and energy testing people when it doesn't kill you, to me, is a waste of time, is a waste of money, a waste of energy, and a waste of paranoia and hysteria. They could could be using on something else. I mean, obviously, they can only use that uh, politics of fear for so long before people get numb to it. They get burned out, and they just don't care any longer. And if this is what they want to waste it on, then all the power to them. That's what the uh, progressives and the Democrats want for their agenda. All the power to them. We're tired of it because we're going to get on with our lives. 316-721-8255. Got some calls on the line. I want to open it up to you as soon as we come back. And uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, we'll get your calls. We'll talk about COVID. Where are we with the state of Kansas? Because the majority, vast majority of cases right now are Omicron. And now we're under a declaration of emergency to an extent not really affecting us as the general public, but really loosening up guidelines for the healthcare industry to take care of the issues that are going on apparently in the healthcare industry right now. If you are part of the healthcare industry, let me know. What is the real scenario going on at the hospitals? What is the real uh, the, the real scenario looking like uh, internally? If you're part of that healthcare industry, what's really going on there? I want to hear from you. we got the lines lit up. We'll get to you as soon as we come back here on Candace Talk, here on the Big Talker KQAM. Happy New Year to you. Hey. Four minutes past the hour. Hey, welcome into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. Happy New Year to you. Happy 2022. The first time I get to chat with you really on a Kansas Talk for the new year. It was a great success for the first week of the Voice of Reason, the national broadcast there. Hopefully you guys are enjoying that one weekdays at 4 p.m. But this time let's talk some Kansas issues. What's going on? What's the latest? And am I wrong? It's happened before. Not very often. <laughs> but I've been wrong before. Do you think that uh, we're just wrong on this COVID-19 issue thing with the Omicron spreading uh, and near 95, 97% of all the cases now in the country? Are we off kilter here? And is it really something we need to be worried about? Or is it something that you're done and over with and don't want to hear about any longer because you're just burnt out after talking about it for the last two years? Lone, uh, lines are lit up across the board, so let's go right to them here, shall we? At 316-721-8255, line number one. Good morning, who's this? 
Hello. Hello? Yeah, how we doing? Andy, it's Sean. Sean, what's happening, sir? How you doing? Oh, man, you know, I came over here to McDonald's on the morning of New Year's to get my coffee. Okay. And the weather just absolutely sucks outside. I mean, it's snowing, <laughs> it's colder than a well digger's torchal. And I was thinking of you. It made me think of you. And I'm thinking... Boy, I'll bet Andy's loving this. <laughs> oh, look, honey. It's 50 below zero outside. There's an inch of ice and two feet of snow on the ground. Gee, I guess I'll just throw on a T-shirt and a pair of Speedos and go for a jog. Hey. I'm thinking, what's the matter with you, Andy? <laughs> some kind of weirdo or something? <laughs> you, you know what? It's funny when now it's it's snowing and icy and cold and people think, wow, I'm sure Andy's enjoying this weather, which I got to be honest, I did. Uh, to a degree. Now, here's the thing. I enjoyed it. I like to go outside in the morning. I like to take that deep breath of fresh air when it's nice and cold and it wakes you up. It gets you going for the day and, uh, you know, really focus. I'm still doing my cold shower routine. So I did enjoy it. However, I will say that this last week was relatively cold because you can do it for a short amount of time and for short periods. But uh, throughout this week, we had some issues here at the studio with the heater where the heater wasn't working for a couple of days. And uh, so, while it's nice to have that short-term exposure to kind of get you up and moving like that, it does get a little chilly after a while when you're working in it for a good eight or nine hours and you're chilly the whole time. So I, I enjoyed it for a while, but I have to admit I am enjoying it a little bit warmer today to kind of melt things off, and then I can reset myself and get ready for the next cold front. Well, it's great that we, we do have occasional cold snaps as long as they're short, thank God, because, you know, it kills off a lot of nasty bugs Yes, that you don't around in the uh in the winter or uh summer that's right but i wouldn't be loving it too much man because when you're my age with arthritis <laughs> you ain't gonna be loving it at all <laughs> that's what i hear that's what i hear hey we, we need more time man I, how about i call you in the 10 o'clock hour and we can talk about how wrong we've been about covid since the damn day one or something else how about that there we go you give us a buzz back there and uh, we'll have some time to do that call that last half hour and uh, we'll have some plenty of time to to have some fun with that. We'll touch on a few issues. We got a lot of issues to touch on the, today, so uh, we appreciate that. Sean, happy New Year to you. Always good to talk to you, my friend. Back to it, line at number two. Good morning. Who's this? This is Frederick. Frederick, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm fine. You know, Andy, um, I'm retired, so I'm out and about every day. Every mm -hmm. day, I'm out and about, and I would say that 99.9 percent .9 all businesses do not require masks. Sure. I'd say that 99 percent of everyone walking around do not wear masks. I think that for the most part, people are sick and tired of it, and people are just going about their lives trying to live the best lives they can live. Yeah. Now, now you do have some people that are very paranoid, and they have to. What gets me is people wait in line like a hundred deep to get tested to see whether they have uh, this COVID or something. Okay, first of all, all that you have to do is take your temperature, yeah. and if you're feeling fine, you're feeling fine. So what I'd like to see, I'd like to see the entire country just get back to normal. And I would like to see, um, and this might be counter towards you, not well, not particularly towards you, but to all the programming. Let's concentrate on what really is important to this country, like our security, yeah. like what's going on with um, well, we're going to have a new uh, police chief in town. We have a new city council that's coming in and i and, and i just hope that they sure. uh, love this love this city and i would like to see that because covid is uh you know it, 
it kind of reminds me back when we had AIDS. And you're too young to remember that. More than likely, you were just being born when the AIDS thing came around. No. But anyway, people were people were panicky because they they cut their finger. People were panicky because they saw a little kid with a cut, and they were trying to avoid that little kid because he had a cut. It's wild. And, uh, yeah. No, you're right. And, and I so, mean, while while media has been focusing on COVID, I mean, there's been a lot of legislative things that have slipped through that hasn't gotten the attention that it needs to. So you're right. And it's time to get back to that. I am glad that the Kansans for Health Freedom are going to be working with the legislature this year. And I'm glad that we are going to work on protecting some of the rights in the state this year against some of the vaccine mandates and COVID mandate stuff. But you're right. It's time to get back to normal and do this two hour wait at a COVID testing site. I heard this week. That's insane. Yes. People are panicky. Yes. That's crazy. Yes, yes. Now, I heard an administrator of a hospital here in Wichita, not in Wichita, but in Kansas say, he said, you know what? Yeah. Um, we have about uh, 40% of our beds that are available. That are available, yeah. Because of these. Frederick, I hate to get you off. We got, yeah, we got, we got a hard break. I got to take here in about five seconds here, so hang tight. We'll finish this when we come back. Stay here. Listening to Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on The Big Talker. Thanks for hanging out with us today for a Saturday morning, trying to get you up and moving for the day in happy 2022. Your priorities for the state of Kansas, not just politically either. I want to hear just your priorities going into the new year. What do you want to see from the legislature, from the governor, from the elections and the midterms, from new bands. I don't really care. We're going to kind of widen things out this year and talk about some fun stuff as the year progresses. As we get ready, though, it is the first, obviously, the first Saturday of 2022. You made it through the first crazy week, and we're about ready to start our new legislative session of 2022. It's going to be huge, as Donald Trump says. It's going to be huge. The big league is going to be the biggest one you've ever seen, and we're going to have some fun with it. So we'll talk about that. But uh, Frederick, real quickly, as we kind of wrap up this conversation, uh, first off, yes, you're right. I mean, COVID has dominated the news, unfortunately, and the reason many keep talking about it is because there has been so many important issues to cover, like, you know, the the actual facts of what the vaccines do, the facts of the spread of the virus, facts of, you know, things that aren't necessarily getting out there. But we've had some really bad freedom issues, haven't we? I mean, now we've had to worry about vaccine mandates, and we've had to worry about losing jobs, and we've had to worry about shutting things down and social distancing that were unnecessary now we have the U.S. Supreme Court looking at OSHA vaccine mandates. So I think that, uh, you know, as frustrating as it's been, hopefully we can start moving away from some of this. What do you think? Absolutely. I want to move. One of the stupidest things I've heard this so far are these hospital administrators saying we have shortage of nurses and doctors, but we had to fire our nurses, our good nurses and our good doctors yeah. because they didn't have the sh- just how Andy, I was a route manager one time. You don't fire your good employees, and you definitely don't fire your employee when you absolutely need them. You kind of nurse them along until things get better. Yep. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Hopefully, we can start working on some of the real quickly, and we got our our next guest on the line. But what is your priority for the Kansas for the next year? What do you want to see? <laughs> get back to first of all. This past year, I've been. Li- my family, we have been living like normal. I want every person to live, just put this crap behind and just live just like live. normal because every day that you waste, you waste a beautiful day of a good living. Yeah. Amen to that. You know, it used to be back in the day, we would live normally, we would do our own thing, and if others 
were concerned about safety or health and didn't feel like they were healthy enough or safe enough or weren't doing precautions, they themselves would take the extra precautions by not going out into large crowds. They themselves would choose to find ways to do alternative means of staying at home or wearing the masks or doing something of pre- extra preventative measures while everybody else did the normal thing it was a weird year where they were the ones controlling everything and the ones that wanted to get back to normal were the ones that had to make the special arrangement arrangements for their lives and it was a very strange situation to be in so hopefully we can get back to you know actually flowing normally again beautiful andy your show on uh your shows are beautiful during the week and they're beautiful on the weekend and i found that Oh, Alex, or whatever you Absolutely. want to call it. I, I, I was able to download it, and it's and the audio, the video, everything is just picture perfect. Fantastic. I'm glad you found it on there. I was really happy. We've had a really great week uh, for the first week and a half or so on the Ops Lens team uh, for the national show. They love it. We're loving it. We're getting some great response, and uh, we're getting people from all over the country. So one step closer, my friend. Beautiful. Take care and have the most beautiful year, okay, Andy? You as well, sir. Appreciate it. And happy New Year to you. Always good to talk to you. All right, let's get to our guest as we get into our latest. As uh, you know, we just we're getting ready for the legislative session. Legislators moving on up to Topeka. What are some of the priorities? What will the legislature be focused on? And not just from legislators, although we're going to talk to a lot of them. We've worked really hard over the years to have a relationship with uh, just about every legislator in the uh, South Central Kansas area and beyond uh, to talk about what's going on up there. I want to hear from different groups and organizations on what we're trying to do up there. And to kick it off for this year, super excited to have him on. He is with Frontier Peace, Frontier Peace Advisors. Frontierpeace.com is the website. You can check them out. And excited to have on the program with us here, Bob Corkins with us here. Bob, how are you, my friend? Doing well. Good morning, Andy. Hey, good morning to you. I appreciate you coming on the program. It's going to be a big year, I think. I'm feeling positive and excited about 2022, aren't you? Yeah, we're upbeat about it. We've got a great new issue that, that is really gaining traction. I'm excited to start talking with them about this next week. Good, good. I know that you spoke at the Pachyderm Club here uh, in the last week or two as well. So uh, give us a little teaser. What are you guys, what is Frontier Peace, and what are you guys focusing on this year? Sure, sure. Well, we've been in operation a couple of years now. Frontier Peace is a lobbying firm, a, lobby, a membership association that specializes in libertarian issues. Mm. And we take on only libertarian issues. We spent the last couple of years working pretty hard on uh, school choice, uh, great success on that last year, uh, and as well as medical marijuana, which for the first time in our state's history passed one of the chambers of the legislature. Uh, So we just need to get that through the Senate this next year. But the new issue that we're adding to that mix is called Defend the Guard. And that was the topic of the uh, speech that I gave before the Pachyderm Club that went over really well. Um, had a great crowd there, lots of veterans in the audience, and uh, I don't know, probably close to a dozen different legislators were, were there as well. And the feedback has just been phenomenal. That's awesome. Uh, but, I love it. Yeah. Talk, talk about Defend the Guard. Yeah. Defend the Guard is, is uh, basically it's about the usage of our Kansas National Guard units, the Air and Army National Guard uh, of Kansas. And what this bill would say is that Kansas it would preclude the governor from allowing our Guard units to be deployed to active combat overseas unless Congress has formally declared war. Mm. And that would be the only instance in which they could get into active combat overseas. Uh, everything else you hear about from the Guard, we know historically, you know, the, the role that they serve in terms of uh, natural disaster relief, uh, 
uh, riot control, uh, aid to other states, uh, uh, all of that uh, is the traditional role of the Guard in, in Kansas, as well as our state's own defense. Sure. Uh, but uh, since the early 70s, the, the Guard units have, been, uh, have become a much, much more active part of the overall uh, total force of the United States and getting deployed more and more early into these combats around the globe. Uh, and we think that shouldn't happen unless unless there is a formal declaration of war uh, that justifies it. Which is something and we it, haven't done in a very long time in the nation. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know how many people are aware of it, but the, the, the U.S. formally declared war last in 1942, <laughs> World <against> War II. Romania. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been and a little bit, but yet we've had some these, some odd conflicts throughout since then, right? Oh yeah, every, yeah, everything you know, from the Korea War to Vietnam to Afghanistan, and all these many different operations over in the Middle East. Sure. All of those have been police actions, not formally declared wars, uh, and those police actions are otherwise known as authorizations to use military force. And Congress has voted on them. But it falls short of a declaration of war. Sure. And unfortunately, these authorizations to use force don't include deadlines or timelines. And so that's why you get an Afghanistan that runs on for 20 years sure. uh, without the full support and, and resources of the United States that are brought to bear to actually win a war. It's so a great point. That's, that's, I, I love that's it. the gist of the... That's I love the it. Just of it. Oh, I, I need to add, Andy, too, uh, on the early going. Another very important part of this bill would give all the Kansas Guardsmen the absolute right to refuse the COVID vaccine. Uh, no mm. questions asked, no reason, and no disciplinary action if they should decline. So that's that's part of the proposal as well, and it all deals with state sovereignty. Sure. You know, is is this going to be an independent state, a sovereign state? Uh, with the autonomy to control its own militia. I love it. It sounds like a really great bill, and I'm really especially glad that you guys did throw in that uh, the vaccine mandate as well, opting them out of that one. Now, here's the big question, and I bring this up because of other issues that we've seen with other pieces of legislation when we've tried to express a state sovereignty, which we're getting better at, but obviously with like the Second Amendment uh, Protection Act where the federal government came down, and while we had it as legislation in our own state, they came down, tried to make an example of us, uh, took it to court, won, and then tried to flex their muscles, showing that how the federal government's more powerful. If this does pass in the state of Kansas, saying that we're not going to send Kansas National Guardsmen and women uh, overseas to a conflict unless there is a declaration of war, what type of restraints does that bill or would that bill have against the federal government, and would the federal government be able to recognize it or have to recognize it or would they try to usurp it some way? Well, part of the a big part of the reason why we're pushing for this bill, and and there is a national organization that was cranked up a couple of years ago that's that's trying to get as many states as possible to consider this legislation. Uh, but uh, uh, the, uh, the the big reason for it is the is the set of a precedent. We have very little judicial interpretation of that that role, uh, military role, between the federal government and the individual state guard units. Sure. Uh, and, and we just don't have a clear pronouncement from the courts on where that line is drawn. Now, historically, uh, the distinctions between either what's called a Title 10 deployment or a Title 32 deployment. And Title 32 regards all those uh, routine, normal uh, 
traditional roles of the, of the guard units. And in those Title 32 cases, the governor is the commander-in-chief. Under our Constitution, is the commander-in-chief. The Title 10 actions are initiated by the President of the United States. And, and by and large, almost all of them involve active combat overseas. Sure. Uh, so that, that's the, the, the traditional distinction. But we don't have a ju- judicial precedent that makes it clear, you know, whether it's the federal or the state that control in a particular situation. Sure. And, and COVID's brought that, to, to, to that issue to a head as well. That's why it's part of our bill. Because the guard unit down in Oklahoma has been pushing back against uh, the Pentagon's vaccine mandate. Uh, in fact, they had they had an adjutant general in Oklahoma who was being compliant with the Pentagon, and so the the Oklahoma governor fired him, <laughs> appointed a new <laughs> adjutant general, and and they're bucking it. They they filed litigation to to battle this, and uh, uh, five other states joined in on that now, and so. Uh, that that's one thing that's happening at present that makes this a very very timely issue it is a timely uh, issue and, and i th- i think a lot of so states are focusing on this it. aren't they i mean a lot of states yeah. are focusing on this we had i mean uh, there was the comment from i believe it was what the state of texas that said uh, to the uh, guardsmen there that you know the uh, joe biden's not the commander-in-chief to you that you know you actually work for the state not the federal government i think a lot of guardsmen and a lot of national guardsmen uh, organizations and units across the country are starting to recognize wait we have to serve things going on in our states and our surrounding communities. It's not necessarily about what the federal government wants to do to try and use us for some political agenda. And as you mentioned, with Oklahoma fighting back, Texas fighting back, especially with their immigration issue going on at the southern border, that they mm-hmm. are needing to be focused on other things, regardless of what the, the, the federal government and the commander in chief at the federal level is trying to do. Oh, yeah. And, and there are plenty of examples, too, in various states of, you know, when the guardians are called out to to. to battle forest fires. And they don't have the helicopters to do that with because the helicopters are over in the Middle East somewhere, you know, on, on a federal deployment. Sure. Uh, so that, 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 that's why we need to have this clear line about who's in command at a particular point. And our, our Constitution explicitly says it's the governor who's the commander-in-chief, period, sure. of the state militia. And, uh, and for Furthermore, the, the, our Constitution also gives a very significant role to the legislature in that regard, saying that the legislature shall, it compels the legislature to provide for the Guard units uh, 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 resources and, and equipment and disciplinary action. So the legislature has a very substantial role along with the governor in controlling our, our state guard units. But all that's thrown out the door if the feds uh, waltz in and say, no, 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 we're in command. Yeah. And we'll decide who has to, everybody has to take the vaccine. And we'll decide whether we're going to uh, call these folks away on a, on a combat mission where war has not been declared. Sure. It's a great product. I, I love the bill. I love the focus. And I love, like you mentioned, the timely manner on this one. We're talking with Bob Corkins with Frontier Peace, Frontier Peace Advisors. You can find them online at FrontierPeace.com. we got to take a break here in just a minute. But real quickly, uh, from what you've heard, from what you've talked to with some of the legislators in Topeka as they get ready for the session, does this have support? And do you think that uh, you guys have a good chance of being able to move this forward this year? Yeah, so look, I'm very optimistic about it. We've, we started out uh, several months ago talking with legislative leaders and 
and they've been unwilling to commit and stick their necks out up to this point. But as we've gone forward with the public education campaign on this, more and more of them are coming around. Yeah, we, we will have the bill introduced. We've got a committee chair that, that's willing to sponsor this. It will. He's guaranteed that we'll have a hearing on it this year, and it's going to see the light of day, and we think it's got a really good shot. I love it. That's great stuff. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to wrap up this conversation. Plus, I want to talk about, as you had mentioned, the marijuana bill and some of the other stuff that may be a priority for the legislature this year as well. Good stuff. There's a lot of good things, I think, that are going to happen this year. I am optimistic, especially going into election season when legislators want to get their name on a vote to say they supported X, Y, and Z uh, for the constituents. When we come back, we'll wrap up some of those conversations, get ready to wrap up our number one. It's Candace Talk, presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. They are officially open right now until 2.30 this afternoon. You can also find them online at philscoins.com. Back after this here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker KQAM. Just a few minutes here before the top of the hour. Welcome back into Candace Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. I love it. Strong arming the federal government and kind of cornering them to actually do their job the right way is how we do it here at the statewide level. Trying to actually, you know, show state sovereignty and the fact that the states actually have the majority of the power. I think that's going to be a big focal point for many states across the country this year. And Candace is going to lead that charge. And we're starting it off with some of this legislation right now for the Kansas National Guard. Uh, we're talking with Bob Corkins, a man himself with FrontierPeace.com. Go and check them out. A uh, lobbying group in uh, Topeka working for some libertarian uh, issues on peace and liberty. Bob, let's shift gears a little bit with the few minutes we have left before the top of the hour. Let's talk about, sure. uh, you had mentioned the marijuana bill. Like you mentioned, we spend, we came back for a special you know, extended session last year for an entire week. Three days of that entire week, they sat there and had hearings on the marijuana issue, which I we've, it's always been lingering there. A lot of people have tried to focus on it, pay attention to it. They spent three days of that special session in there focusing on that marijuana issue, passing the House, going to the Senate. Obviously, they didn't look at it, but uh, that's moved forward farther than it's ever have in the state legislature before. So that's good news for a lot of marijuana advocates in the state. Oh, absolutely. And then that, that House vote was historical when that passed the House last session. Yeah. I have never, I've been around the State House for more than 30 years. I have never seen a more truly bipartisan vote on anything. <laughs> I mean, usually when people say a bill passes with bipartisan support, they're talking about all of the Democrats and a handful of the most liberal. Yeah, one or two, members. yeah, moderates just say, hey, we did it. No, yeah. The, no, when that medical marijuana bill passed the House, it had. All of the 42, uh, well, 42, 45 uh, Democrat votes in support of it, wow. and uh, more than that in Republican support. And I don't mean just you know liberal. There were some staunch conservatives that came around and voted yes on medical marijuana, and it, it was just just an amazing vote. Um, really a lot of momentum going into the Senate this year. What changed the uh, the mindset for a lot? Because I know that for years this, this has been tried and a lot of people have not wanted it in any way, shape, or form, and it's been shut down. But the conversation, I, I listened to a lot of the conversation in the hearings. The conversation was really intelligent, was really interesting to hear. And uh, as you mentioned, I mean, from the most far-left progressives to the most right-wing conservatives, uh, there was a lot of blending of people that actually supported the bill what changed 
Well, it is an issue whose time has come, and, and we're, we're one of, I think, only five states that haven't authorized uh, marijuana to some extent, medical or recreational. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's been building up that momentum for, for, for quite a while, and, and uh, it's finally time Kansas got around to j- jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, but, uh, no, a lot of it was just educational effort. I'd like to point to uh, a lot of the work we did with Frontier Peace in uh, uh, couching this issue in the right way to make it more comfortable for uh, Republican supporters. Uh, and it was it was a big challenge. But what, what, what finally gets through to them is, you know, if, if you're truly concerned, if you truly believe in limited government and free market principles, how can you keep saying no yeah. uh, to this legitimate form of commerce? Do you know? I, I was able to shame a lot of them. <laughs> uh, do you believe in free markets or don't you? Sure. And uh, uh, that that ultimately prevailed. So I think I think we played a, a very meaningful part in, in in changing around some of the attitudes on that. I don't want to take all the credit. Obviously, it was a big coalition of us uh, that we'd put together to, to to all work on it, but. Uh, uh, the stars just aligned right last year for it. Yeah, it was really good. We got just a couple minutes left here, but what do you think the future of it's going to look like? Obviously, there is some support in the Senate, but the Senate probably could look at it, could rearrange some things, could redo it, and it be sent back to the House representatives. At the end of the day, do you think it's going to be a simple thing where it's going to be done early, or is it going to be last most of the session bouncing back and forth between the two chambers with changes all over the place before it actually gets done? I'd like to say early, and it might. Uh, simply because for political reasons, I think the Republicans like to have the issue uh, resolved early so that, uh, you know, assuming Governor Kelly signs it and and takes her victory lap around the state, that won't be so fresh in everybody's (laughs) mind when the uh, voting comes about next November. Sure. Uh, But uh, probably will be an issue that uh, it's not until the the veto session that it gets resolved. Yeah. Uh, Just because there's so many moving parts and there's so many ways they can screw up this legislation to make it overly restrictive, overly uh, taxed. Uh, There there are a lot of pitfalls over on the Senate side that we're going to have to cope with. Sure. And that's my big concern. I've always been open to the idea of the legalization of marijuana, both recreationally and or medically. But I grew up in the state of Colorado. I saw how they tried to do it. And I, I think that that was kind of the trial run. It doesn't need to be overregulated. At the same time, there's need to be. It, it's it's a weird fine line how they do it. I don't want it to turn into another massive tax revenue like they did in Colorado, where they're taxing 300 percent on it, and then you can still find it better in the black markets as opposed to actually making it mainstream. Yeah, I think a lot of states have ruined purpose. it. Exactly. So yeah, you you actually encourage the black market by pricing out of the out of the legitimate market. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of states uh, so, have kind of learned that harsh lesson. We're out of time, my friend Bob. It's great to get you on the show. Yeah. we got to get you back on here again soon. It's Bob Corkins with Frontier Peace, FrontierPeace.com. I'm excited for this legislative session, so let's get you back on here in a couple of weeks as the session kicks off. Oh, anytime. I'd be happy to. Hey, love it. Appreciate that very much, Thanks. my friend. Yeah, you bet. We'll take a break here. When we come back, hour number two, I want to talk about some national issues. We had January 6th. We'll get your thoughts on that one. We had the... U.S. Supreme Court looking at the OSHA mandates for vaccines. we got some other stuff going on as well. Plus, we'll have our chat with the AARP we'll get to in hour number two as well. It's Candace Talk right here on the Big Talker KQAM. Hour two coming up right around the corner. Stay here.
This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. It is our number two of Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 1025 FM, KQAM. Happy Saturday morning to you. Good New Year. Happy New Year to you. What are your New Year's resolutions for the new year? Have you changed anything? Do you have any goals? I want to talk about those here in a minute as well on what your New Year's resolutions are. It doesn't have to be political either. Like, I know this is a political talk show. We're widening that spectrum a little bit to have a little bit more fun on other issues as well. Although, right now, we're in the middle of getting ready for legislative sessions. So, what are your New Year's resolutions politically and non-politically? I guess would be the more appropriate way to handle this. Welcome into the show. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. Open lines to you on what you want to talk about. Your holidays, your New Year's resolutions, your uh, politics of the year. Are you ready? I'm telling you, it's going to be a big year this year between the midterm elections, between the session this year. There is a movement right now from states all over the country that are wanting to try and protect themselves to beef up their states' rights and state sovereignty more so than we've seen in a very, very long time. Because the Biden administration is a complete failure. It's been a complete failure for the last year already in its, in, in its administration. They've only passed one or two actual pieces of legislation. The rest of them were 70-plus different executive orders in the first year because he can't work with Congress to get stuff done. For example, the Build Back Better plan that they were going to pass before the end of the year that expanded a massive amount of social programs and social spending. They were going to continue on with the child tax credit payments, which were really, I say that with air quotes, because it's really the universal basic income that they were trying to normalize, didn't pass. Now, here's the crazy part about it. The Democrats loved it. The progressives loved it. Everybody loved it except for like one or two Democrats, obviously, that stopped it. Even Republicans liked it. Now, Republicans didn't vote for it, but they liked it and they were hoping it would pass. And here's exactly what I mean. Mitch McConnell and 18 Republicans in the Senate voted to temporarily suspend the filibuster for the vote of the Build Back Better plan, meaning... They wouldn't have to win over 60 or 10 Republicans to get to that 60 number in the Senate to pass it. They would only have to do a simple majority 50%, and they couldn't do it. They missed it by one vote. So the Democrats look foolish by not being able to pass it with a simple majority vote on their own side. Republicans especially looked foolish in the Senate side by suspending the filibuster to let it pass while they tried to say they were against it, and it still failed miserably. So we have some work to do, but that was the agenda from the Democrats going into this year. Uh, and they're still going to try it, obviously. They're just going to do it in a little bit different way. Now they're trying to use it for another stimulus coming out from COVID-19 because cases are so high from COVID-19 that we just need another stimulus check. <laughs> Which is not going to happen because we haven't spent the money that we did from the first three different uh, stimulus uh, passages at the federal level and the trillions of dollars. So they're trying to find unique ways to spend that money before they can do anything else because they've spent and allotted to spend too much money when they don't actually have the money, but they found ways to try and spend it. Now it's just sitting there. At the same time, here in the state of Kansas, now that we've received all this money coming from the federal government, we've been able to pay off a lot of debt. We've been able to stash a lot of money. There is a, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, Governor Laura Kelly, as she's trying to hype up her whole axe the tax and get rid of uh, you know grocery sales tax in the state, which may actually happen this year, not because of her doing, but because Republicans have been trying it for years and she she's finally on board because she's, bombing in the polls big time right now so she's trying to you know just be a creeper and follow people around in the grocery store and hold an axe apparently to say she's going to axe that tax uh with all that going on we have a 2.9 
billion, with a B, $2.9 billion surplus of economics and money flowing into the state right now. What are we doing with that money? And why do we have a $2.9 billion surplus coming into the state right now? What the heck's going on with the economy? Because obviously, I mean, yes, sales have been up, I guess. Spending has been up a little bit, largely due to the 6.8% inflation that we've seen nationwide and the 6.5% inflation or the 6.5% sales tax rate that we have in the state, both on groceries and other things as well, where they're just raking in the money. Raking in the money. Uh, Well, spending's up. Well, I mean, we're buying things. We're trying to get back to normal. We're trying to buy things online. We're trying to go to the stores. We just came off the holiday season where we buy more things. And we wanted to get the things before the economy really took a you-know-what. So, we try, sure, we spent more money. But now we're holding on to it. And they're sitting in a $2.9 billion surplus in the state of Kansas from what we've seen with tax revenue going into the state, plus with the federal money coming in from COVID-19 relief stuff. What are we going to do with that $2.9 billion? That makes things a little bit easier for Governor Kelly to say that she's okay actually cutting a tax because a Democrat saying she's wanting to cut a tax is a a little bit taboo. It's a little bit taboo. So uh, now, but now she's all for it. She was for it in the first election, didn't do it after she got into office. Now she's tanking in the polls, handled the COVID-19 pandemic horribly. Now she's like, okay, now it's time. Now we're ready to do it. Republicans are like, thank you. You've only vetoed like three bills that we've actually tried to do this thing. And you said it wasn't the right time. Now it's the right time for election season. So she's going to cut that. I think it's near like $40 million that the state would lose per percent that we actually cut the sales tax on food. $40 million, something like that. Uh, So it would be a substantial amount of money that we could potentially cut out of the state government. Good. Good. They don't need it. They're sitting on a $2.9 billion surplus. We have money sitting in the uh, emergency fund on the Dave Ramsey plan, although they don't follow the Dave Ramsey plan. They're sitting with that money sitting in a bank account for a safety net for the state. They're trying to expand the government, unfortunately, which means in the long run, we're going to be spending way more money. So what are they going to do with that $2.9 billion surplus? I'd love to get your thoughts on what we should do with it. Is it time to return it back to the people? Just here. Remember uh, during, what was it, George W. Bush's time? And he sent a stimulus check. Just everybody, here you go. We had a surplus in money. We wanted to get the economy stimulated again. Here's the cash. Should we do that in the state of Kansas? Just say, we have this massive amount of money sitting in the bank account for the state government. Here's a check back to you. Thanks for all the high tax rates that you've been spending and the continued spending on goods with that high tax rate. Here's some money back to you. Go buy something special for yourself. Go pay off a debt. Go pay off a credit card. Go pay off a go pay make a payment on your mortgage. Go pay off that car debt, whatever you do with it. I don't care. Stimulate the economy. Here you go. Problem is, though, is that when you do get those stimulus checks, a lot of times it doesn't quite stimulate the economy because people do apply it to debts as opposed to buying new things. So it doesn't it works in a good way because we're actually paying off debt. It doesn't work in the way they want to with immediate relief into the economy because you're not out buying brand new things and expanding yourself to the means of almost collapsing again, like we did with the nice little housing bubble in what the early mid to late 90s, whenever that was. Yeah, it's crazy. 316-721-8255, 316-721-talk. Uh your priorities that you want for the state legislature this year i am curious on what you want that to be is it going to be the marijuana issue a lot of people that we talk to on the show here talk about the marijuana issue wanting to happen here in the state of kansas this could be the year for that to happen is it the tax rates is it the regulations is it COVID? i'm telling you there are here's my list of what the priorities are going to be for this year or at least i want them to be this year number one 
and, and you know me as much as I love about the economy, number one, I want it to be focused on the COVID-19 protocol. I want absolute protections from COVID-19 vaccines, from businesses, from workers. There are still workers and businesses now that are implementing it on their own level. I get emails almost daily still from people all over the country, but especially here in Kansas, where they're like, yeah, my business now, my work is actually starting to impose the vaccine mandates again. They've implemented mask mandates again. They're giving us a deadline to get the vaccine. A lot of people are leaving. This is hurting the economy and hurting the workforce right now. Here in Kansas, happening right now. That needs to be, at least to me, the number one priority. And we're, again, going to talk with Dan Hawkins next week uh, on the show for an hour to talk about the priorities for the legislative session. I want that to be issue number one. Priority issue number one. No vaccine mandates. Complete freedom. Stopping the federal government, regardless of what the Supreme Court comes out with with OSHA. We are going to take a stand. Just as we just talked with the last organization, the last hour, and Bob Corkins, and uh, Frontier Peace, I want that to be the focus for state sovereignty when it comes to the National Guard, when it comes to vaccine mandates for employees and employers and businesses. I want it to be financially when it comes to uh, money coming in in the red strings and the nice little strings that come along with that to where we're tied in and obligated to social programs at the federal level. I want us to focus in a general sense this year on complete state sovereignty for us to take matters in our own hands against the federal government distance ourselves from the biden administration distance ourselves from the federal government and become more sovereign as a state than we ever have before that needs to be the focus on all issues across the board that needs to be the general theme for this year kansas legislative session 2022 kansas state sovereignty I think that's is that the is that the trend hashtag Kansas State sovereignty is that what we not like seceding from the nation like oh we're gonna start our own nation that's not what I'm talking about I'm talking about state sovereignty the state of Kansas being able to make our own decisions and getting away from any type of massive government regulation coming out of the Biden administration while Jen Psaki tries to say that obviously the federal government trumps state government that's not true it states it trumps state government on the specific things that we've allotted the federal government to do, but the states need to be handling 80% of their own issues. And maybe we can lead that trend. We've been a trendsetter before in the states, especially in Second Amendment issues, especially on some tax issues. We've been the trendsetter where other states have gone along with what we've done and used us as an example of because we have set that trend this year. Kansas Legislative Session 2022, hashtag Kansas State Sovereignty. Kansas State Rights. Get that trend going on social media. I think that's what we need to focus on. What do you think? 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. When we come back, we got our chat with the AARP we'll get to here in just a minute. But when we come back as well, I also want to talk about some of the national issues that happened this week and get your thoughts on them. We have the January 6th uh, remembrance anniversary, whatever the hell you want to call it. That's caused some issues this week. And do we need to be focusing our attention on the January 6th the issue that happened at the Democrats at the federal level, really trying to use that momentum and the political fear and the hyperbole and the paranoia and the uh, just over-exaggerated crap they're spewing this week to try and pass an election law, a voting rights law that essentially just gets rid of all the states' rights on voting issues. We'll talk about that. Plus, we had yesterday the U.S. Supreme Court doing their hearing on the OSHA mandates for vaccines. We've had a lot of callers that have agreed and disagreed with the mandates for vaccines and whether it was actually going to pass or not. I think a hard no, it's not going to pass the smell test when it comes to allowing the executive orders 
or executive action to actually implement across the nation for every private business. Not going to happen. I really don't see it. So we'll talk about that and more when we come back. We'll get your thoughts on it as well. All of it presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity for all your gold and silver needs. Check them out online, philscoins.com. They're also open at 9344 West Central Avenue. It's, uh, they're open today until 2.30 this afternoon. You can go and check them out as well. The holidays may be over, but it's not too late for you to maybe stash a little bit of gold and silver away for an emergency fund, maybe for part of your retirement, maybe for the uh, preparation of you know economic collapse. Who knows? what? Whatever your means are, whatever your reasoning is, that's never going to lose value. Gold and silver, and they're the best ones at it, and really one of the only places in the Mid-America region that actually has inventory for it. Yeah, imagine that one. So, now, Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue, buying, selling, and trading. Phil'sCoins.com. Back after this here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker KQAM. talking again with the AARP, whether it's the Fraud Watch Network Retirement Calculator, getting involved in the community. Make sure to check them out online at aarp.org slash KS for the state of Kansas. You can also follow them on their social media as well. Mary, back with us here with the AARP. Mary, Happy New Year to you. How are you? Thanks, Andy. Happy New Year to you, too. I'm doing great. Looking forward to a great new year. Yeah, I'm telling you, 2022 is going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I know that we have a lot of uh, goals. We have a lot of things that we want to look forward to, making ourselves healthier, making ourselves safer, making ourselves more protected. And with the Fraud Watch Network that you guys have, there's a lot of frauds out there right now. COVID's still lingering. And uh, what's the latest when it comes to COVID? Maybe stimulus payments, maybe things coming from the government that's uh, being taken advantage of. That's exactly right. Well, if you have, if you do New Year's resolutions, we hope that you'll put two on it. One is never share your personal information with anyone you don't know and report scams and frauds to the fraud, AARP Fraud Watch Network. <laughs> yeah. But, like, yes, like you said, um, there's a lot of, um, right now, it's a very timely thing that people are, the scammers are out. They're trying to get people to give out their personal information or payment for some COVID-related items, either testing or um, protection. And also um, the, the, a next, another round of stimulus checks are going out. And so people are going to be there trying to get your money, trying to say they're from the IRS and they need information. Um, so those are things that you really need to be aware of. And uh, as of December 14, 2021, the Federal Trade Commission had logged 657,000 consumer complaints related to COVID and the stimulus checks. And the, the average loss was about $400 per consumer. So people really need to be aware, be on their guard, especially about COVID scams and stimulus check scams. That's really uh, concerning. Now, I know that we've gotten maybe those child tax credit money along with the COVID-19 stimulus checks. So there has been money floating from the government, whether that stuff continues on or not is up to the federal government, but that always leaves an opportunity for people to get scammed by thinking more money's coming out than what really is. Exactly. And instead of us going to the website and finding out what is factual and what is not, we tend to, Oh, a friend sends us, Hey, look at this. And here's a link and they, and you click on it. Well, that may be a scammer and there, and, and it may come from a trusted friend, but they're just passing on something. So always be aware of that. 
And, and especially imposter scams, people calling from the IRS or Social Security, hey, we're going to send you that stimulus check, but we need a little more information from you, trying to trick you into giving out your bank account information, your Social Security number. So, you know, you really have to be aware of that. It's best if you go find out the information from those websites, those official websites, rather than taking information just um, from a social media site or from a link that someone sends you in an email. Yeah, no, absolutely. Along with getting your personal information of your checking account, your social security, you know, all your credit card number, that kind of stuff. Uh, the actual issue of just identity fraud, just stealing your identity and then taking out loans, taking out credit cards, doing things under your name. I'm sure that's still a massively prevalent issue going on right now, too, isn't it? It is. Identity theft is one of the very top scams. And so, yeah, people are always trying to get that information. Scammers, I should say, are always trying to get that information from you. And that's why it's so important to protect that information and only give it out when you know for certain who you're talking to, that it is actually somebody from the IRS or somebody. And and just, just as a note, the Social Security Administration, the IRS, they're not just going to call you out of the blue and ask for information. They will send you an official letter. Um, unless you contact them and ask for a return call, they are not going to call you. So just remember that um, and just be aware, really, a, a thing with, with emails is so important that if somebody sends you something, it could be a phishing email, and that means they're sending it to you to try to get you to open it up and to click on a link or to provide first personal information. So you really need to take a look at where it's coming from, if the words are spelled correctly, are they reaching out to you directly with your name or just saying something generic like, dear customer. Um, those are always clues to, to, to phishing emails. If there's something wrong in the email that's just a little bit off, that makes you think it's from a, 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 an official organization, but there's something off, and, and that means that it's not. Exactly. So just, just beware. It's very scary. we got just about a minute left here, but it's a new year. You guys always have great stuff going on with entertainment or different webinars or different information. What else is going on with the AARP to kick off 2022? We do. We're excited. We have a lot of good concerts coming up this year on our Facebook page and also on our YouTube channel, and those are at AARPKS. Um, we'll, we'll still continue to do the, the second and fourth Friday concerts. We'll continue with our Fraud Watch alerts. Those are Fraud Watch Fridays, and the next one coming up will be on January 21st. And we'll just talk about some of the latest scams and what you can do to avoid them. And, of course, all kinds of other webinars and informational um, um, web webinars that are available on our website. So just go to aarp.org slash ks, and you can look under the events and find out all kinds of things that are very interesting to a wide variety of people. All the great stuff coming up for 2022. It's the AARP. Check them out, aarp.org slash ks for the state of Kansas. Also find them and follow them on social media. Mary, Happy New Year to you. We look forward to chatting again next week. Great. Thanks, Andy. There it is. That was the AARP. Always enjoy chatting with them with all the stuff they have with the Fraud Watch Network especially. And they always trying to keep you informed on what's going on so you can protect your identity and your money. Always appreciate that. All right, bottom of the hour break here in just a minute. When we come back, it's open lines to you for the last half hour of the program. I want to hear about your New Year's resolutions. I want to hear about your political goals and agendas what you want to see in the legislature this year, what you want to see at the federal level this year. Plus, I have some audio clips, the January 6th garbage that happened a couple of days ago. Where are we with that after the speech from uh, Biden and Kamala Harris? Plus, the odd 
uh, issue from Ted Cruz with some of the comments that he made. He's tried to backtrack that a little bit and explain what he actually meant. Do you agree with him? And did uh, that upset you? And is that going to hurt him moving forward into election season as well? We'll cover all that and more. Plus, we have the OSHA mandates being heard by the U.S. Supreme Court. What's the latest there? They say a decision could be made by the end of the month and the ramifications and implications I could have moving forward, not just for this issue, but for really any administration that tries to use executive power. All that and more coming up here on Candace Talk. Stay here. Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Welcome back into the program. Last half hour of the show goes by way too fast. Joe Pags live with the weekend coming up right around the corner. Looking forward to getting with him. I'm telling you, KQAM especially, we got a great 2022 on slate for you as well. Great programming from the Brian Kilmeade show during the week. John Wright in the morning, kicking off your mornings with your news and information, traffic, weather, all that good jazz to start off the day. Brian Kilmeade out of the Fox News studios. Dan Bongino, killing it, baby. Love Dan Bongino. So excited to have him on the airwaves. Middays, 11 to 2. We have my show, National Broadcast, which I'm telling you, it's growing this year. And I got to give a selfless plug there. The uh, Ops Lens team live streaming our show now for the week uh, from 4 to 5 with our flagship right here at the KQM Airwaves that we do every day. And OpsLens, if you've never heard of them, they are a massive internet uh, network that picks up different podcast shows, radio shows, TV shows all over the country. They pick them up from like uh, Real America's Voice and Newsmax or One American News Network, uh, different talk shows, different podcasters as well. Uh, they've picked up our show live for our live streaming. You can find them OpsLens.com. Download the OpsLens app. They have like over, I don't know, like a million subscribers on their site. So we get a lot of uh, a lot of exposure there as well. They share it out on their social media. We've been getting some really really cool response there as well so i appreciate it things i'm grateful for for the year 2022 and it's only the beginning we got a lot more coming up so uh, really cool about that here on the kqm airwaves though starting on monday and i want to let you know starting on monday you're going to hear uh john wright in the morning from six to eight give you some more information about it but starting on monday you're going to be able to get registered we're doing a really great valentine special for you you whether you're a female because we have a lot of women listeners or you're a male that just looking for ideas for valentine's day we are giving away a coach purse i know yeah i know I actually think we're giving away a couple of them. So we're giving away some coach purses that you can get registered for. So John Wright's going to have the information starting on Monday on what time of day and what show to listen to throughout the day. It's going to change each day. I'm not getting you registered right now. You're also going to be able to go out to our sponsor locations and our partner locations to get registered as well. But we're giving away some coach purses here on the KQAM Airwaves for Valentine's Day for the ladies of the KQAM family. Also with the dudes that uh, just need some ideas on what to do for Valentine's Day. <laughs> so, uh, hat tip off to Jewelry Savers, eGraphics, and Athena Jewelry partnering up with us so far on that promotion. And listen to John Wright, Monday morning, 6 to 8 a.m., and you can hear it. He's going to give you the time of day that you can listen uh, on each day 
uh, on when you can listen, hear the cue to call, get registered, and get your chance to win a coach purse with our great partners of Jewelry Savers, eGraphics, and Athena Jewelry, and right here at the KQAM Airwaves. So that's awesome. Looking forward to that promotion. You'll get some more information starting on Monday from 6 to 8 a.m. with John Wright. Make sure to listen to that one. All right, we got a lot I want to get to here in this last half hour. A lot of audio clips we'll get to as well, but it's also open lines to you, which the lines are full. So let's go right to them at 316-721-8255. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, and here's me again. Mr. Sean. Sean, how are you, sir? Well, doing pretty good. I was eating a chicken sandwich and enjoying a, a lime a lime sherbet from Brahms. But uh, anyway, let's get down to business. What's your first question? What do you want? All right. Um, uh, New, Year's re- New Year's resolution. What do you got for this year? Well, I don't really have anything except for maybe a couple of things. And one of them is that uh, I resolved to win the lottery. Well, so you know what? Buy- you know, this year could happen. You never know. Well, I ain't bought a ticket forever, so who knows? If I buy one ticket this year, <laughs> I might it might I might hit it big, you know, like a beginner's luck again. That's but, right. Uh, and another thing I'd like to see happen and I really I really mean this. I'd like to see aliens from outer space come to Earth and abduct Hillary Clinton and the Obamas and Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and take them back to their world to conduct uh, cruel and painful experiments on them and gang probe them and stuff. Only problem is, is I'm afraid that after a million miles, after they get a million miles away from Earth, they get sick of them, especially Hillary and her screeching, and they turn around and they bring them back to Earth, you know, and just kind of toss them out their flying saucer as they're hovering over the ground. Yeah, it wouldn't last be- long. It wouldn't last long. It would be one of those abductees where the abductee is so annoying that you would just return them back and be like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, this is more well, punishment I, that, than it's worth. That's when I would say, oh, come on, man. You couldn't just <laughs> put them in the airlock and shoot them into outer space? <laughs> uh, well, I'm telling you, I, speaking of the UFOs, I don't know. This year could be the year where we could actually see some uh, confirmation. Who knows? You think there are such a thing as uh... Oh, I totally, 100% believe in it. Absolutely. There's been documents left and right. I mean, the fact that we have uh, ancient writings, like, you know, it's at the same time they're writing the Bible text all the way back in, you know, the B.C. areas with the Old Testament, they have documentation of, like, oh, these strange lights are up in the air. And, oh, this, like, weird metal thing is, like, floating to the ground. And what the heck is this? Like, I personally, I don't call me a conspiracy theorist, call me a wackadoodle, I don't really care. I 100% believe in UFOs. I totally believe in extraterrestrial life, and I totally believe that we've been in contact with them for thousands of years. Really? Uh, absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, you know, I, I respect your belief. I personally <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I personally you're like all right, well, that took a turn. Thanks, Andy. Now I, uh, you know, put you on the list for the nut jobs of the world. But, no, I do. I I mean, I don't have any proof of it. It goes into the faith, like many do with religion as well. But I have faith. I truly believe that there's something out there. First off, I think that the universe is so big that uh, yeah, that there wouldn't. It would be crazy not to have any other life out there. And I think that they are more technologically advanced. And I think that we have been in contact. Why not? Uh, yeah. Well, kind of threw you off your game a little bit, haven't I, Sean? Well. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a response. <laughs> I, I suppose, you know, what I think started this whole UFO thing was H.G. Uh, Wells when he wrote the book World of the World. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, when they read that on the radio and people lost their minds, I think that uh, 
uh, yeah, I mean, that definitely shook people up, and I think that was the beginning of the fascination with it. But I personally think it's been there all around. Sean, I hate to cut you off. I got a lot of calls I want to get to here, but Happy New Year to you. I want to get you to call back next week as well and talk about uh, your political goals for the year as well as we go into a crazy mess of 2022. So Happy New Year to you, brother, and I appreciate the phone calls very, very much. Line at number two. Good morning. Who's this? This is Harry. Harry, how are you, sir? I'm well. I, and just to back up earlier to what you were saying about COVID early in the show. Yeah. And why we're in such a big panic and why are we pushing a panic? Sure. We're pushing a panic so that in 2022 and, and the next presidential election, they can retain all these special election rules like votes coming in three weeks late voting from home, voting harvests, ballot harvesting, etc. Yeah. That's how you manipulate elections. That is a great point. And regardless of whether people are actually getting sick or dying from it, as long as you test positive, they can show all the massive numbers of COVID cases out there. Because you're right, they are so scared of the red wave that's coming this year because there is a massive Republican energy going into this year that the only way to stop it is to create more hysteria, to relock things down again, to get more people on the social programs, to bust more people in from the border on uh, on illegal immigration statuses, and then to pass these voting laws, uh, quote-unquote, at the central level and the federal level, centralizing elections, getting rid of state election laws, and then changing them up to where you can vote you know, starting in June and have early voting for five months out. You can register the day of, and we have no way of tracking whether the stuff's actually uh, legitimate or not. Agreed. Uh, we're both preaching to the choir. Yeah, I, I am very concerned about that. And the fact, the sad part is that they used January 6th to try and push their big election bill, which they're trying to ram through right now in Washington, D.C. I don't know how well that's going to go over, and I don't think it's going to happen, uh, thankfully, because they don't have the numbers to. But it's sad that they've used that opportunity to try and push their big federal election bill as well. Yep, I was pleased to see that they weren't able to shove that through this time, but uh, there, there will be more attempts. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to try it uh, left and right. Harry, I appreciate that. You're, that's a great point. That's why COVID's still a big issue. It wouldn't be an issue if there wasn't some political gain from it. There was something. Now, don't quote me on this. This could be the tinfoil hat-wearing conspiracy theory, and I don't really like to talk about things on the air unless I do have like more solid, hard evidence on there. But I saw a video of Glenn Beck, actually. i got to give him a shout-out. Uh, Glenn Beck actually reported this to where back in 2015, even before the Trump administration, that they were working on a vaccine for COVID-19 at the same time that they were working on the researching COVID and trying to do the uh, gain of function of COVID back in 2015 during the Obama time. And that there was some type of contractor deal made between the federal government and Moderna that the government itself, the government entity, is actually part owner of the Moderna vaccine. And they get portion of the profits every time that someone gets the jab from Moderna. Again, now, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm not going to hold it up as like, oh, yeah, this is what's going on, because I don't have any confirmation on that one. What I have heard, however, uh, and that was from Glenn Beck. So it was a semi-reputable source that actually researches this, because I do give Glenn Beck a lot of credit for the research that he's done on issues like that. But uh, I I don't want to hold it up as a fact. What I will say is that if that is true, and that's a big if since I haven't confirmed it myself, is that it makes total sense with why they're pushing this stuff so bad and why even with Omicron and the variant there where it's not being stopped by a vaccine in any way, shape, or form, why they're still pushing the vaccine to get it to try and stop the variant that you don't get affected by 
um, with the vaccine and with Omicron because it doesn't get stopped by vaccines. So it would make sense why they're pushing it so hard and why that's the only solution, why they've shut down everybody else that talks about other alternatives for you to stay healthy and not die from COVID outside of getting the vaccine. But make total sense. We knew that there's some type of tying connection there, some type of gain, some type of political gain or power gain or financial gain or some type of control they're getting from these things, which is why we're sitting with the U.S. Supreme Court right now doing hearings from the OSHA mandates for mandated vaccines, which we've talked about that. They did their hearing yesterday. They're going to make their decision at the end of the month. The big question is, what are they going to come down to? I was a little discouraged on Friday. Now, I think it's not going to happen. I think the conservative judges are going to side and say, no, you're not allowed to do this. But the hearing was concerning to me personally because they weren't looking at it from a legal perspective. They were. They were asking about number of cases. You had Sotomayor and Keegan out there talking about the uh, talking about the number of cases, how many kids have been affected, how efficient the vaccine is. Those aren't legal issues. Those are the nice little talking points on the Tweety and the social media. I don't care. You could have, and I used this example earlier this week when they talked about it, you could have You could find the Holy Grail, the cup that gives eternal life from Jesus. You could find the Holy Grail that gets rid of all medical ailments, that makes you live for eternity, and never have any issues in any way, shape, or form and make you the holiest of persons in the world. You could find that, and it could cure all the medical issues in the country. The government would still not have the constitutional right to mandate everybody to drink from that cup. It doesn't work. They could have the most efficient COVID-19 vaccine that would 100% cure all of COVID, that would eradicate the virus completely, have completely zero health uh, issues or side effects in any way, shape, or form, was completely on the up and up, no issues, no weirdness, no you know concerns about what's in it, no concerns about uh, you know side effects or anything. It could be the most perfect vaccine in the world with no issues whatsoever, With a 100% efficiency, government would still have zero right to force it onto the people, either in the workforce or in your private life. They don't have the right to do that. So the the Supreme Court, the most legal minds in the world, really, asking about the efficiency of the vaccine, asking about current case numbers, asking about children, asking about hospitalization— All of that is 100% irrelevant in a case when the Supreme Court's looking at the constitutionality on whether the executive branch has the right to create an executive order on the private businesses. It has zero right to do so. So I was a little concerned that that was the focus of topic on a lot of the discussion because that's not a legal question to be had. That's stupid. It should be, do you have the right to do this? Period. Not, does it work? Does it help? Does it do anything? That's irrelevant. Do you have the constitutional right to do it? Period. End of story. The one good part that I did get out of the hearings on Friday that I thought was really, really nice was when uh, one of the judges, I don't remember which one, asked about the workplace because OSHA, being the occupational workplace, is trying to create safety on the work site. The problem is, though, is that like the current mandates that we have on the work site, you don't take home with you. At the end of the day, when you clock out, you take off that hard hat that is mandated by OSHA. You take off those goggles from the workforce when you're actually on the uh, on the work site, either in the construction site or in a factory or wherever you're at. You take off the goggles. You take off the hard hat. You take off the vest because it's an occupational requirement while you're on the job site at that period in time. 
which is true. Okay, fine. You can mandate that when I'm on the work site. When I get done with work, I can take off the steel-toed boots, uh, boots and put on some sandals. I can take off the hard hat and put on my ball cap. I can take off the goggles and put on my sunglasses. I can take off the uh, glittering vest and put on my leather my leather jacket or whatever the heck I wear. I can leave the work site and do whatever the hell I want to do. With a vaccine, it goes beyond the work site because you have to take it home with you. It's not like you can unvaccinate yourself when you get home at night. And I'm like, I don't really want it. You can't do that. So this is a different type of mandate that goes beyond the workforce because now it's involving your personal life outside of your occupation and those requirements that you have while you're in that occupation during those hours you are on the clock. And I think that's going to be the stickler that they need to remember going into making their decision is that, sure, you can make some requirements, whether it's the social distancing, stupid, but if you want to do it, fine. Mask mandates, stupid, because scientifically it doesn't help, but if you want to do it, fine. But mandating vaccines in order for you to be on the work site goes beyond the work site, and I think that's a stickler that they're going to have to remember going into the uh, their decision-making that they have at the end of the year. We've got some calls on the line. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap up with you and your phone calls right here on Candace Talk. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think the, the Supreme Court is going to make the right decision here, or... Are they too sensationalized with the political agenda of how efficient vaccines are and how many cases there are right now? Which would explain as well why we're seeing the scare tactic of the number of high cases, even though the high cases don't mean anything because 95% of them are Omicron cases that give you the sniffles. And that's as bad as it gets. But is that why they're trying to sensationalize the high numbers right now to try and scare them into making this decision to suspend your rights just because there's a health issue going on in the nation. Back after this when we come back here on Kansas Talk on KQAM. All right, we got a few minutes here wrapping up the show today for a Saturday, their first Saturday of 2022. Hopefully you had a good week getting back into the groove of things. After the holidays, I know it's hard. Like, this is the hardest week of the entire year to try and get back to your normal routine. So, happy new year to you. Let's get set for a great 2022. I'm excited about some personal projects. I'm excited about the show here. I'm excited about the station. I'm excited about the politics. I'm excited about the midterm elections. I'm just in a positive go-getter kind of mood where I think we're going to really kick some butt this year. And I'm glad that you're with us. So, uh, let's be part of that. 316-721-8255. we got a few minutes left here. So, let's go right to the phones. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Hi, this is Annette. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. Um, it's been a while since I've listened to your show. Yeah. Um, but you talked about, I believe you just mentioned, is the Supreme Court going to make the right decision? Yes. Um, well, it depends on how many lobbyists get to them. Um, I doubt if they're exempt from lobbyists. They may be wrong. But, um, and also... Um, you probably are aware of Dr. Robert Malone, who came up with um, one of the MR. Yeah, he MR designed the mRNA style, yeah. Correct. And have you ever listened to him? You probably have. But he has views, or not what you think would come out of someone that came up with a shot. Um, <laughs> he um, said those that mandate the vaccine should be in orange suits. Yeah. Uh, it was against the law. Um, and he did talk about the shot a lot, how it does change your mRNA in your cells. Um, and so he uh, didn't think young children should have the shot, which I agree. Sure. Um, and that herd immunity was the best way. And he is being deleted off of a lot of sites. He is, um, the mainstream do not like his opinion. Yeah, they're completely um, censoring him. They they shut down, they even shut down. 
they even shut down a lot of the video that he did with Joe Rogan just a, a week or so ago as well, trying to delete that one because you're right. He, I mean, he's the guy that designed the mRNA Correct. style st- and technology. At 26, he's brilliant. Yeah, yes. brilliant mind. And you're right. I mean, he's, uh, I mean, he advocates for vaccines, but it shouldn't be for little children. He believes in herd immunity. Correct. He agrees that natural immunity Four is way stronger. Years. Yeah, I mean, yes. it, and it's amazing. So when you get someone like that. That's really a sign to me that when the guy that designs it says, yeah, you can get it, but it's not like the end-all, be-all here, and the people that have used it are now shutting him down, that to me is a sign for concern. Well, and he also said, you know, if you are immune compromised or if you're over a certain age, by all means, get the shot. Right. You know, it would be the best thing for you. But, you know, he's using common sense stuff, which our Congress doesn't have, and um Another thing, um, as far as saving America, until America gets past the party and votes what's best for America, it's going to be hard to get out of this. It is going to be very difficult. You're absolutely right. And that's why, I mean, looking at issues here in the state of Kansas, I'm excited for organizations like Kansans for Health Freedom, uh, which we've had on the show and we're going to have back on the show. I know that the vaccine mandate stuff is going to be a huge issue in our legislative session this year. When it comes to the U.S. Supreme Court, now you're right, there are special interests that influence them. They're not supposed to. They're, they're supposed to be isolated. I mean, ideally, that's the way that cases are supposed to be heard with the Supreme Court. They're not supposed to look at media. They're not supposed to talk to other people about the case. They're not supposed to be influenced in some way, shape, or form. We know that's probably not the case, and the political activism on the courts is unfortunate, but it's a reality that we have to face as well. Well, and there's a lot of money in this for big business, big yeah. uh, drug companies. And so they want to make all they can. Um, so that's the whole crux of it. We're just nothing but the... Um, we're just a dollar farm. Yeah, we're just the well, revenue and, and control. Just, yeah, and we're just the, um, what is it when you call it that you're, um, I've lost my thought. Um, you know, we're just a testing site. Sure. Because they don't know what this what this drug really does yet because they haven't had time. Well, they don't know the but, long-term you know, effects of the vaccine or COVID because we haven't had time. So just to jump onto it correct. is a little concerning. You're right. And, and, you know, when you look at a party that's still bashing Trump, you know they have nothing. <laughs> when he's been out of office for a year already and that's what you have to use going into a midterm election, then you know that you're kind of light on content to actually hype up your own agenda. So you're absolutely yeah, right. So we're out of time. But happy Obama's new- not. Oh, yeah. Uh, Biden's not running the show. We all know it. Exactly. Exactly. No, I love it. I'm telling you, I'm excited. I am optimistic about this year on a lot of issues. And uh, I appreciate you tuning back into the show and finding us again. So it's going to be a fun year. Stay tuned with us. Okay. Thank you. Hey, you bet. Happy New Year to you. Appreciate that. I had some other calls in line. Sorry, I didn't get to you, but we're out of time here. I mean, it's going to be playing in like five seconds from now. So when we come back next week, we have Dan Hawkins, a House Majority Leader for our state legislature on the uh, House and Republican side. So we'll chat with him. He's going to be with us for the 10 o'clock hour next week. We're going to talk about the agenda for our state legislative session this year. We're going to talk about all of it. We're going to talk about vaccines. We're going to talk about marijuana. We're going to talk about taxes. We're going to talk about the budget. We're going to talk about any issue that they may look at going into this year for the new session. It's going to be huge. So stay tuned in for that. We'll have House Majority Leader Dan Hawkins with us on that one. Plus, we have really, I think we're booked out like three weeks straight, almost a month here on Candace Talk, our national broadcast with the voice reason at 4 p.m. every day, Monday through Friday. We got that one coming on as well. And uh, that one's growing like a weed with that one being booked out too. So we're all over the place six days a week on the radio here on KQM. You can find my sweet voice 
I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but you can find us here and all the content we're trying to get to you. Appreciate that. Until then, everybody have a great weekend. Back at it on Monday right here on the Big Talker KQAM. KQAM.